Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. I crossed up by Kobe. We'll float to Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on. Fun. But I didn't make my point. I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Let's say goodbye to all your worries about tax planning, investment troubles, and any confusion when it comes to managing your finances and money. Here at Rocky Hill Accountants, our team has a combined 35 years of experience and will help you do it right. We're dedicated to your needs and will deliver on a result that is professional and trustworthy. Our firm is large enough to offer a full range of professional services, but small enough to give you the individual attention that you deserve. Our business portfolio includes thousands of prepared tax returns for individuals, families, partnerships, businesses, and more. The team at Rocky Hill Accountants are also thoroughly trained in tax laws and procedures. We have the ability to represent taxpayers before the IRS when they arrive at collections, audits, and appeals. This allows us to offer our accuracy and audit guarantee to tax clients. Please visit our website at RockyHillAccountants.com or give us a call at 860-257-4238 to schedule an appointment. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest. Top three corner man. Punching in with a punch of chance. We find a way to win. The main event, locked it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet a step and lay. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and aid, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round. Bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bring in crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs hello ladies and gentlemen it's saturday morning it's fight day so it's throwing jabs time. I'm Big Jace joined by Jared Jones, Joe Guire. Got a little bit of a stomach bug. Hopefully he will be well rested and feeling better for next week. But we got a lot to talk about. Another Paul brother fight coming up. We'll get to that. Don't worry. We'll yell and scream all about Jake Paul. But let's start with the recap. Starting off with the UFC. Jared Cannonier gets it done. But I honestly, my big takeaway from this is like, what is Gassum doing? Like, he's got to leave. I, I, I'm a big wrestling fan, real wrestling and fake wrestling. Like I said, when we did our Fighter of the Year draft, I was the one that drafted the boy Gable Stevenson, who won the gold medal. But Gassum, he has all those skills. Where does it go? Like, it's like, uh, it's like Paulo Costa. Like, you have all this skills and ability to take it down to the ground, control the fight, but you just want to punch. You just want to make it a boxing match. I, I don't get it. I, I, I'm, I, I think I'm done with Gaslam. Like, 
I think he could be great at welterweight if he wants to be disciplined, but he doesn't want to be. He just wants to fuck around and punch people <laughs> and instead of doing what he needs to do to get to the top and get wins. That's that's a great take. This guy should fight Ryan Bader next or something, but uh, the top end of the UFC is not where he belongs anymore. I totally agree with you. Is Gaslam me sees on his way out. I'm I'm done watching this guy too. I didn't like watching him in his prime, but we're past that point. Yeah, I mean, I, the the thing is, is like, it, it isn't like a Tony Ferguson or like a a cowboy, like where you can just see like the decline. Like I, I think everything's still there for Gaslam to succeed. But I, I guess it's a motivation thing, a mental thing, a, a camp thing. Maybe he doesn't have the right people around him. But so, I, I, like, I, I don't know. But I, I still think if if he decides to if he decides to take it more seriously, he can do some great things. He's still pretty young. But, yeah, I don't uh, see it from this kid. Like you said, he doesn't have the focus, the motivation. No. But let's talk about Cannon. Yeah, let's talk about the winner here. Will. I, I just don't see he, he's great, but he is like that top five gate gatekeeper. If you can beat him, you can challenge for the title. But uh, if you lose it, like it's just a step back. Like I, I don't see, I don't see him beating out of Sonya. I, I don't see him beating Whitaker. The, those top guys. I just don't see him. Costa. Yeah. Costa. Um, Blades. And uh, Lewis at heavyweight, you've got Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis. I feel like Jared Cannoneers this weight class is Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades. He's strong, he's big, striker, but you get him in there with the top of the line. Yeah, Adesan, I'll eat this dude. And uh, Gaslam, I'm 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 ready to stop watching him fight. <laughs> yeah, I, I I used to be such a big Gaslam guy, but it just it sucks. Like. I was all with him once he knocked out Bisbing and he was going for the title. And that great fight he had without Asanya. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's like you you were so close to getting the championship to just fall off. And, like, maybe that was it. Maybe, maybe it is like Ferguson. Like, Ferguson was chasing Khabib. And when he couldn't get to it, he, he lost his motivation. Maybe Gaslam, he, he got his chance to get at the title. The title was within reach, but but he just came up short. Yeah, and now trying to get there, there's uh trying to climb back up there. You know, there's less ways of gasoline him up. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it, it sucks. Uh, it was a great fight though. Uh, but I, I just don't know. I like. I I don't know. I feel like the past couple weeks after the the really the pay per view. UFC's been kind of kind of slowing down, but we'll, we'll see what we got coming up. Now, switching over to boxing, Manny Pacquiao versus Dennis Ugas. It, it sucks. It sucks because I love Manny Pacquiao so much. And even all the memes and pictures of Manny Pacquiao getting spoon-fed like soup after the fight, it sucks, man. Such a legend. To see him go, I'm assuming this is going to be his last fight. To see him go out like this, it, it stinks. <laughs> but I mean, look at what he's done. That this, honestly, you could make the argument this is the last real fighter 
Mm. Everyone else is a businessman now. Those, those people posting those memes and talking smack about Pac-Man, you couldn't you couldn't be any more obvious about the fact that you're a casual if you don't have the ultimate respect for this man as a fighter. Even taking this fight, a, a guy a little bit bigger after what happened with Jeff Horn. You know, when Spence canceled, he could have just said no. Could he still beat Spence? He outpunched this guy. Listen, to me, this looked like Loma Lopez where the better boxer was a little bit smaller, threw twice as many punches, but wasn't as effective, and uh, and ultimately lost the fight. So, yeah, like I say, even standing in there and following through with this fight is, you've got to respect Pacquiao, man. Come on. You guys sound dumb coming out talking about Floyd Mayweather after that fight. Just shut up. Just yeah. shut up. I mean, this is a legend of the game, so enjoy what you got from him. And if this is it, which I'm kind of hoping it's not, strange, strangely enough, as many people as I wish would walk away from it, he showed me he still got it. Just fight somebody your size. You don't want a bigger guy. A guy that could easily weigh in at 160 and have to cut to get there is not the guy Manny Pacquiao should be fighting. That's Jeff Horn. That's Ugas. You're 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 losing to guys you're better than because they're bigger than you. Yeah, and I mean, it. it I you, you got to respect the. I mean, in today's day and age, short notice fights aren't aren't really a thing. Like if the fight falls through, it falls through, and you can reschedule a couple a month later. Manny Pacquiao took this fight. What I don't like is Spence. Spence doesn't want to fight Ugas now. He's like, that's not a big name. You had the biggest possible fight you could have had on the table. And I understand it was a, it, there was an injury. But it's less than a week after the fight, and you're medically cleared. This is and a guy. You're talking about not fighting the winner of the fighter you were supposed to. It doesn't make sense, man. I'm, yeah. I'm more there, there, Spence. I'm not sure. Since Floyd Mayweather Jr., I've never been so conflicted about how I feel about a guy inside and outside of the ring. I love Spence inside of the ring. He's a great boxer, but this is tiring, man. His, 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 his nickname should be sus, sus Spence, <laughs> because I, that's all I'm getting from this guy. No fights, no, you know, and now who cares if you want to fight Ugas or not? I don't even know, like, if you still have that platform. What's your last fight? Two years ago? You lo- your last fight, you lost to a Lamborghini. So let's not, you know, I don't want to bring – I'm tired of him, dude. I'm tired of no, this, yeah. dude. I, I, just the balls to withdraw from a fight from a legend in mm. Manny Pacquiao. I mean, I, I didn't like how last week Joe was saying, like, he knew it was going to happen, and it like uh, alluding to it being a fake injury. But when it's less than a week after the fight, and you're medically cleared, and you're saying you're not going to fight the guy that won, that makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. It and like, I'll tell you, a guy I like that's doing some of the same stuff is Ryan Garcia. I'm in the news. I'm in the news. I'm in the news. Hey, I'll fight that guy. I'll kick his ass. Hey, I'm in the news. I'm in the news. Tank Davis. Yeah. Oh, wait. I don't want to fight him. I'm in the news. I'm back in the news. Like, shut up. I want to see you box, dude. Not talk and say 
buzzwords that get you uh, that get you on Twitter. Like get, get just get in the ring and fight. Just fight. I don't like it. And uh, yeah, s- suspense is uh, not today. I, I'm starting to get really uh, tired. Tired of Errol Spence. The Errol's point straight down for this guy. <laughs> but I mean, at least with Ryan Garcia, like he isn't holding anything up. Like he, I mean, he, he's projected to do go do these things. And I mean, we we in boxing now. Ever since Floyd Mayweather, it takes a long time to get to that spot because everyone needs to be twenty, thirty, and zero before they can get a, a shot at the title. But Earl Spence, like he's he's already at the top, and he's still like I, I don't know. It's just I, I, I'm just speechless. It's so hard. It's How do you so drag hard. your feet from here? Like. like uh, and the fact that people are going to come out and say he is the best welterweight right now, like that's that's wild. But inside the ring, it's the same thing. You can't, you know, you can't diminish what he's done inside the ring. He looks like he's possibly the best welterweight on the world and in the world out inside the ring. You know, how good was Floyd Mayweather going to be toward the end of his career if he didn't take on kickboxers and MMA guys and celebrities and shit? You know, we will never get to know. So Spence might end up being that same tragic story of how good could this guy have been if he wasn't out there getting arrested and crashing cars and denying fights and, you know. Yeah. Missing weight. Gastelum we just covered. What could he have been? You put the drive some of these kids I've come up with that didn't make it. I know a kid named Joe Ray, R-E-A. Look him up. I think he finished his career like seven wins and 30 losses or something. This was one of the hungriest kids I've ever met, though, when it comes to boxing. You put that kid's drive into Calvin Gastelum, he's a world champion. All day, he's a UFC champion. Yeah, so those are the ones that bother me is when you've got all the talent in the world and there's guys like me and Joe Ray running around that can't get can't get the ends without with with all the effort. You know, my sisters used to hate me. I get I got decent grades. I didn't do homework. You know, I make make A's and B's, and they'd really have to struggle really really hard to get there. You know, and it's hard to sit on the other side of that and watch somebody. You know, just. Errol Spence just has always gotten straight A's at this. I'm not saying he doesn't work hard. I'm saying he's got stuff the rest of us doesn't don't have, and he's not respecting it as an athlete. Yep, right now he is boxing's John Jones. Which, <laughs> all that talent, but uh, all that stuff happening outside the ring, stopping it, stopping it from happening. All right. 11, excuse me, Joe Ray, 11, 37, and 5. Hungry, hungry to die, and bad handling. I mean, that's obviously bad management. Yeah, but uh, all right, that was last weekend's fights. Now let's get into the who you got. Last time, a Paul brother fought. We talked about the most entertaining fighters. Guys, entertainment is coming in to the ring now. Let's not talk about the fighters. Let's talk about the fights, and more specifically, the knockouts. Jared. Who you got as the most devastating knockout in combat sports history? Oh, these are tough, man. 
honorable mention to Gabriel Gonzaga knocking out Mirko Krokop. But my top three, uh, Silva, Anderson Silva, the front kick to Belfort. Um, I like Jocelyn Buckley's back kick too. So there's my top five. Krokop versus uh versus Gonzaga. Jocelyn Buckley's back kick. Number three is uh Silva. Number two is Holly Holm knocking out Ronda Rousey with a head kick. And my number one most devastating knockout of all time, I know a lot of people haven't seen it. If you haven't, go look it up. Watch the whole fight. This is the most ferocious female fighter that I think I've ever seen. I'm putting her up there with Amanda News when it comes to sheer ferocity. This is the baddest female maybe ever. Her name is Ann Wolf, and she fought a tall, tall Olympian named Vonda Ward. If you've never seen this knockout, look it up. Ann Wolf knocks out Vonda Ward, and that, for me, that was the most devastating knockout of all time. My best knockout might be Diego Corrales over Julio, uh, over um, uh, Castillo with the mouthpiece fight. Because of the way the whole fight, it was so climactic by the time the knockout happened, you were. But uh, for devastating, because the word is devastating, I'm going Ann Wolf over Vonda Ward. That was a hardcore knockout. You've seen it? Yeah. Dude, but I, I I like your list. I like your list. But there are some big ones I think you left off there. Starting off, I mean, Joe's not here to talk about it. Jorge Masvidal, the flying knee to Ben Askren. I mean, and then speaking of fancy stuff, a guy that we're going to talk about here in a little, it's in Barbosa, flying knees, Benel Dariush. And also the Terry Adam wheel kick. Uh, Barbosa, yeah. Hold on, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys a little spoiler. Joe put together the 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 UFC Fight Night uh, promo that we're gonna be playing here in a little bit, and he didn't put the Edson Barbosa. <laughs> he, put, he put a bunch of leg kicks from that fight, but he didn't put the spinning wheel kick. So, I mean, we're gonna have to talk about that when Joe gets back. But all right. And as far as boxing goes, <laughs> uh, one boxing knockout that, that just is memorable to me. I, I mean, he- heavyweight ones are always going to be amazing. Like, the big boys just brawling. But Canelo Alvarez's knockout of Amir Khan, that was just clean. It was just clean, beautiful. I, I don't know if I'd put it as devastating. It was just uh, clean is all I can – Describe it. It was just perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. Perfect punch. But for the most devastating knockout, the one that made me feel goosebumps, the one that made everyone I was watching the fight with gasp, and just the energy in the room changed, Francis Ngannou's vicious uppercut against Alistair Overeem. Like, that was... Like, I don't even know how to explain it other than vicious, devastating. It was like, I, I don't know. Like, that was just a 
different type of punch. You know, if you had to, the way I describe it, when you just said that, I'm picturing it and going, oh. But the way I describe that one is if I had to take one of these shots, oh, give me give me the Holly home kick to the head or the, you know, the overhand right from Ann Wolf. If I literally had to be in that spot and take one of these, that's one of the last ones. I'll take that front kick from Silva. I don't want that Ngannou uppercut. <laughs> yeah, I'm 165 pounds. <laughs> I might not survive that. Yeah, so like you said, with the heavyweights and you're talking about devastation, I got some nerve putting, putting lightweight, middleweight females on that list. But but at the same time, I mean, de- devastation happens to the opponent and not, not with the mass. But uh, Ngannou, that's a great pick because – that is one of the last punches ever thrown if I had to make a list that I'd want to stand in front of. If I had to pick, that's right at the end. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, comparing that to the one I mentioned earlier, Canelo, that was just a clean, like, just punch that right landed on the chin, clean, that just put him out. Kidding? Yeah, as With Ngannou, to- it, like, it wasn't – it was just a train coming straight into uh, Overeem's jaw. It, like – I, like I, I don't know. That's just even. Uh, it's been years now, and I'm still sitting here, and it, it's still <laughs> leaving me speechless. That's just how devastating it was. Yeah, that was beautiful. Well, that was a great. <laughs> uh, I hope we can get Joe's list uh, sometime because I mean, I'm sure he had some great ones too. But we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be back to preview this week's upcoming fights. College football season is coming back, and we got you covered on every game. We're breaking it down on each snap all season long. Catch us every week starting on August 4th. Joe McGuire, Sean Scanlon, Jace Garcia, and yours truly, Obi Muniz, giving you the highlights, predictions, and current rankings. Visit our website at hhwshow.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's all four downs, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. Weights Edson Barboza and Giga Chikadze will highlight the main card at UFC Fight Night, Barboza versus Chikadze on Saturday evening. Let's break it down. Giga Chikadze, 33 years old. He's six foot tall with a 74-inch reach and a record of 13 and 2 with eight knockouts. From Tbilisi, Georgia, Chikadze began training in Goju Reu Karate at the age of five and had a highly successful kickboxing career in the Glory promotion, amassing a record of 38-6 and six with 22 knockouts before making his MMA debut in 2015, which he lost by decision. He went on to win the next five all-first-round knockouts before joining Dana White's Contender Series June 10, 2018 suffering his second loss when he was submitted by rear-naked choke by Austin Springer. He returned to Gladiator Challenge promotion where he quickly submitted C.J. Baines and defeated Damian Manzanares by first-round knockout before signing a four-fight contract with the UFC the following year, defeating Brandon Davis by split decision. In 2020, he went on a four-fight winning streak, defeating Jamal Emmers, Irwin Rivera, and Omar Morales by decision, then knocking out Jamie Simmons with a head kick 
followed by ground and pound. On May 1st, 2021, he took on Cub Swanson, landing a left kick to the liver that rendered Swanson defenseless, causing the referee to stop the fight just one minute and three seconds into the very first round. A former kickboxing and karate champion with elite-level stand-up and powerful body kicks, Chikadze is a patient fighter who uses his height and his reach to stay on the outside and pick off his opponents. A member of King's MMA, he trains under the tutelage of the renowned Rafael Cordero. He boasts an excellent 60% strike defense while landing three and a half strikes per minute. Edson Barboza is 35 years old. He's 5'11", with a 75-inch reach and a record of 22-9 with 13 knockouts. From Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, Barboza took up Muay Thai at the age of 8, going on to have a professional kickboxing record of 25-3 with 22 knockouts before making his MMA debut in 2009 with a first-round TKO. In his next fight, he won the Renaissance Promotions lightweight title with a second-round knockout of Lee King. He defended it three times by stoppage before going on to win the King of Combat's lightweight championship with a first-round TKO. He made his UFC debut in 2010 with a third-round leg kick TKO of Mike Luo and won his next three fights, including a highlight reel spinning wheel knockout of Terry Ertiem before suffering his first loss, a first-round TKO to Jaime Varner. He bounced back with a three-fight winning streak, including knockouts of Lucas Martins and a leg kick knockout of Rafaelo Oliveira, but was then submitted by Donald Cerrone via rear naked choke. He lost two of his next five, a unanimous decision to Michael Johnson, a darse choke submission to Tony Ferguson, while defeating Evan Dunham via body kick and Paul Felder by decision, before going on to dominate Anthony Pettis and Gilbert Melendez back in 2016. The following year, he knocked out Benil Dariush with a flying knee in the second round, but was then only able to win one of his next six, stopping Dan Hooker with a body shot while dropping decisions to Felder, Dan Ige, and Khabib Nurmagomedov while getting stopped by Kevin Lee and knocked out cold with a brutal right cross from Justin Gaethje. In October of 2020, Barboza was able to end his losing streak and get back in the win column winning a dominant unanimous decision over Makwan Amirkani. Three months later, he signed a new six-fight contract with the UFC, the first of which took place May 15, 2021, when he knocked out Sean Burgos with a perfectly timed 1-2. Widely considered one of the greatest strikers in the history of the sport, Barboza is an explosive and dynamic fighter who employs a wide range of strikes, including flying knees, spinning wheel kicks, and he's particularly effective with the switch kick. He also possesses good head movement and footwork to create and maintain distance. In this exciting matchup of two of the featherweight division's most proficient strikers, with a vast experience of Barboza prove the difference as he tries to put himself back in the title picture? Or will Chikese be able to capitalize on his current hot streak as he tries to prove he's one of the best strikers in the division? Tune in Saturday night for what's sure to be one of the most action-packed fights of the year. It's crazy. I used to think it was crazy that the Paul brothers were fighting on Sundays. But when you got a fight like this, styles make fights. Both of these guys, the, 
I don't even know how to explain it. Just technically sound striking at its core. Going at it, good thing Jake Paul's fighting on Sunday because no one would be tuning into that fight. Everyone would be tuning into this fight because this fight's going to be amazing. I mean, my initial thought looking at this is Barbosa's just too old. But, I mean, he has been a different person at featherweight. He has just been great, and I'm just so excited. Uh, I, I think I am gonna go. I, I'm gonna go with the new blood. I'm gonna go Chikadizi to get it done. Yeah, I'm checking taking Chikadze too. Um, but I'm not. I'm not uh, as convinced. Um, if you're betting this fight. They set the under over at four and a half rounds at minus 130. Ooh. 10 wins you $7.70. Under four and a half rounds. That sounds like a no-brainer to me. Both of these guys are uh, can be stopped. Um, Chikaze was stopped by a punch in a kickboxing match by a Three and three kickboxer. Um, he's he's grown as an individual significantly since then. That's a long time ago. And uh, Barboza, we keep waiting for the decline. Um, and yeah, you're right. This should have a lot of highlights in it. I have a feeling that unless this fight ends in the first round, uh, whoever's making the highlight reel is going to have a good time. Yeah. The only way... This doesn't like come out as a great fight. Is I mean, when you do see sometimes when you do see striker versus striker, wrestler versus wrestler, they decide to test everything out the opposite way. So you see wrestlers just start brawling. You see strikers try wrestling each other. But the thing is, Barbosa's pretty damn good on the ground. He can throw up a triangle. So I, I think if it does go to the ground because they, they want to test that that out. I, I like how both of them get done, but I think I think it stays on the feet. I think we have a good old fashioned kickboxing match, and I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I, I don't think Barbosa can get done. I'm just gonna go the new blood because I mean, he. It's really hard for me though because he's looked so good at featherweight. He's looked so good, and I, oh yeah, am I gonna be surprised if he gets it done? No, no, not at all. Uh, I'm just excited for this fight. It's going to be great. Oh, but Jared, we got to talk about a different fight now. A fight that, I mean, you guys know what's coming. You guys know what's coming. Jake Paul's fighting again. Paul brother fighting. So we got to talk about that. And Paul brother fighting another MMA fighter, but. Here, I'll break it down for you guys. Pro media celebrity Jake Paul will take the next step in his boxing career by challenging another former MMA champion in Tyron Woodley on Sunday night. Let's break it down. Jake Paul, 24 years old, he's 5'10 with a 76-inch reach and a record of 3-0 with three knockouts. From Cleveland, Ohio, 
Paul and his older brother Logan rose to fame on the now defunct site Vine, where he built a massive following of 5.3 million through prank and stunt videos. Throughout his career, he has been known for becoming embroiled in numerous controversies, both in his personal and professional life, leading to a beef with internet personality KSI and his brother Deji Olatunji. On August 25th, 2018, the Paul brothers took on the Olatunji brothers in exhibition fights held in Manchester Arena, with Jake winning via fifth round TKO with a series of unanswered punches to make the opposing corner throw in the towel. Originally calling out singer Chris Brown for his professional debut, he instead settled on fellow YouTuber Anison Gibb as the co-main event for world champion Demetrius Andrade. Paul won the fight, stopping Gibb halfway through round one. On November 28, 2020, Paul faced professional basketball player Nate Robinson on the undercard of the Roy Jones versus Mike Tyson exhibition. At the one minute, 24 second mark of the second round, Paul knocked Robinson out cold with a brutal right cross. In April of 2021, after months of back and forth trash talk, Paul took on former Bellator and one champion, Ben Askren, dominating him from the start and knocking him out a minute and 59 seconds into the first round. Though he still has a limited skill set, Paul is an aggressive pressure fighter with explosive power in his right hand. Tyrone Woodley, 39 years old, he's 5'9 with a 74 inch reach and a record of 19-7-1 with 7 knockouts and 5 submissions. From Ferguson, Missouri, Woodley, a natural athlete, was a football and wrestling standout in high school, winning the state wrestling championship and going on to become a two-time All-American at Mizzou. After graduating with a degree in economics, he turned his attention to mixed martial arts and after going 7-0 as an amateur, he made his professional debut in February of 2009 with a first round TKO. Later that year, he made his strike force debut with a first round stoppage and after going 10-0 with six stoppages, he took on Nate Marquardt for the vacant welterweight title, losing via fourth round knockout. In 2013, he made his UFC debut, knocking out Jay Haran in round one, then dropping a split decision to Jake Shields before finishing out the year with a brutal counter right cross knockout of Josh Koscheck. In 2014, he stopped Carlos Condit with a leg kick, then dropped a decision to Rory McDonald, followed by a split decision over Kelvin Gaslam and a first round right cross knockout of Robbie Lawler to win the UFC welterweight title. In his first defense, he battled challenger Steven Wonderboy Thompson to a draw, and in a rematch four months later, won by a hard-fought majority victory. He defended the belt twice more with a unanimous decision over Damian Maya, followed by a second-round Bravo choke submission of Darren Till before having his three-year reign end with a wide unanimous decision loss to Kamaru Usman. 
Following a decision loss to Gilbert Burns, he took on longtime rival and former training partner Colby Covington, getting dominated for most of the fight before verbally submitting due to a rib injury in the fifth round. On March 27, 2021, in the final fight of his UFC contract, he took on Vicente Luque, coming out uncharacteristically aggressive with both men rocking each other multiple times before Luque submitted him in the first round with a bravo choke. The following month at the Jake Paul versus Ben Askren fight, Woodley, a longtime teammate of Askren, got into a verbal altercation with Paul, challenging him to a fight after Askren was knocked out in the first round. A patient counter-striker, Woodley has world-class wrestling abilities, but over the last six years in the UFC has developed excellent boxing skills and possesses thunderous one-punch knockout power. Does Woodley, at 39 years old, still possess the combination of skills and power to put an end to the Paul hype train? Or will Jake Paul be able to prove to the world once and for all that he is a legitimate fighter as he continues progressing towards bigger fights? Jared, how do you see this fight playing out? Uh, I'm, I'm very conflicted on this fight because I want to say Tyrone Woodley. My experience in the fight game wants me to say Tyron Woodley. The athleticism, the upbringing, the conditioning. You can't go back to being young and, and start doing it then. That said, this is bad for everybody if Woodley wins. If you're Jake Paul, if you're Jake Paul's handlers, if you're Jake Paul's accountant, Nobody signs this fight if he loses to Woodley. Why, why you don't want this to be, it's like Manny. It's like, uh, um, it's a little bit like Manny and Ugas where if you thought there was a chance you lose the Ugas fight, you don't take it. Because the next fight's the big, I mean, it's a little bit different with Pacquiao because he's the big name. But if Jake Paul can get a Pacquiao, a Manny, or I mean, uh, Floyd, um, some of these guys at the top of the boxing game with this celebrity status, as it were. <clears throat> I know Canelo has said some things, <clears throat> but if you're going to lose a fight, when Jake Paul loses a fight, don't you think it will be one of those? What sense does it make to sign a fight? There's any chance of you losing against a guy who you're pissed off at as opposed to if this was a bad business decision, they wouldn't have done it. And if he loses, it was a bad business decision. So uh, like all of these schematics and numbers and everything on paper says Jake Paul, whereas the athlete inside of me wants to say Tyron Woodley, but I can't override it with the athlete. I think they have to know something more than we do. Um, to take Woodley, I'd be going against all of that. The betting odds are for Jake Paul. I think he's minus 170-ish. Um, yeah, so I'm taking Jake Paul here. Uh, minus 194. So it's the, the spread is getting Ooh. bigger, and Jake Paul's getting more and more favorite. That means like 20 wins you 10 on Jake Paul. 
Woodley's coming in right now at plus 169. So $10 wins you 17 on Woodley. So and all of those people are wrong. And uh, we're like not doing what's best for boxing because of a grudge. Or Paul finds a way to win the fight. And that's what I that's what I have to say. The over unders three rounds. I think both of these guys will make it three and a half rounds too. So I take the over. But uh I mean it's gotta I I gotta take Paul just because that's where every every arrow is pointing toward Jake Paul. I'm just as conflicted with you, brother. I remember when uh <laughs> during around the time of the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather fight, I was talking with a friend and this fight was just announced. And uh He's like, oh, Tyron Woodley, he's a former welterweight champion. He, he's going to destroy Jake Paul. And then I'm like, Tyron Woodley, I hate to say it, he's a shell of his former self. That lead, the, the Tyron Woodley that knocked out Robbie Lawler, the Tyron Woodley that went 10 rounds with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, that was not the Tyron Woodley in – in the octagon with Kamar Usman. That was not the Tyron Woodley in the octagon with Gilbert Burns. That was not the Tyron Woodley in the octagon with Covington or Vicente Luque. So something's going on there. Just like we were talking about with Gaslam, just something's up. Yep. And if you and if you take Woodley, um it's just it's hard, man. It's so hard. You, you can't. But I, I will I will say something. I'm going to challenge your statement that Jake Paul losing would be bad business. He's playing with house money, man. He, he No one thought he would be this far. But do you want to see a Jake Paul that loses to Tyron Woodley fight Floyd Mayweather? A two-and-one Jake Paul against Floyd no, Mayweather? He's already it set turns up. it into more of a joke. No, because if that, <laughs> I do think if this fight happened – uh, yeah, th- that will be a joke if that fight were to be made. But also, b- business-wise, he, like I said, he's playing with house money. No one thought he'd get this far. No one thought he'd beat Askren. People thought he didn't, wouldn't beat Nate Robinson. Askren's a great example, though. What can you say if you're picking Woodley? What can you say about Woodley that you couldn't say about Askren? He's got a lot of the same accolades. The power. Power. That's it. Power. But uh, uh Jake Paul, I, I think... He is just riding with house money. He's also got the Triller stuff that he, with all these fights, he's started and he's building up a name for. So he's all set. I think he's changed the fight game already. He's he's going to do good. I don't think him winning or losing is going to have that. It's just about his boxing career. It will affect his boxing career. But as far as his whole business, he'll be okay if he loses this fight. But, but he won't, from what I said earlier. Tyron Woodley's not Tyron Woodley. I, I don't know. He came out with a rap song with Wiz Khalifa and hasn't been the same since. So, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I mean, wish Why I, is it every non-rapper that drops an album, their career goes to, goes to like, where's Le'Veon Bell? Right. Where's he been since his rap video dropped? Hey, he went from the top Shaq, of the Shaq of dropped an album and then won bunch of championships with the Lakers. I will say, you that. know, I was sitting here and right as it was coming out of my mouth, I went Shaq Diesel. 
came out with the Fushnikins and had like those. There he he did a song with with uh, Five Dog. That was actually a pretty good album. Yeah, I love that. Album. But uh, yeah. but you're right. That that's one example of a guy <laughs> non rapper dropping an album. You oh. know. <laughs> hey, and I'll let you in on a little secret. These rappers can't box. <laughs> 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 no matter what they're doing in their videos, I promise you, <laughs> Jake Paul will whoop every one of them. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll take Wiz Khalifa on the ground, though. That man's a beast in Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but Jay, nobody beats the Wiz. <laughs> talking all these, talking all these lines and stuff. You gonna make us some money again this week? Oh yeah, for sure. For the fourth week in a row, I'm gonna get you paid, Ethan James. Five and oh, never knocked anybody out. He's about 84 pounds and he's five and oh with no knockouts. The guy he's fighting is one in three, likely his stiffest test to date, and has never been stopped. Um, and fought a few punchers. That one's a no brainer. Kakasi's gonna win two at minus 450. Together, they pay 10 pays. Seven, seven, um, and that's that's a good bet. Ten wins you seven. Parlay the two of them. Those are your gimmies on puncher's chance. Hell yeah! All right, now, I mean, I, I think there's really only one real fight of the night, and that's going to be the real fight, the real main event of Paul versus Woodley, Amanda Serrano versus. Yamilith Mercado. And Serrano is a beast. And I, she will be the best fighter in that building tonight. Oh, thank you, Jace. Very well said. Good take. Absolutely. She's a 20 to 1 favorite. And that's still okay to bet. 100 bucks wins you five. <laughs> I don't ever take any of those. Anything over 250, 260, you've got to attach it to something else and parlay it. Hey, Katie Taylor's fighting next week, and she's not going to lose either. I parlayed actually five or six uh, just like that, where Serrano is not going to lose that fight. She, she sprains her ankle walking to, the, walking to the ring. It might be close, but she's not going to lose that fight. <laughs> and... and- I love this. I like when they put uh, for Logan Paul KSI too. I liked when they put Billy Joe Saunders on there. I mean, uh, for Jake Paul against the other YouTuber, not KSI's brother, that that was on the Andrade card. So I, I like it. I, I don't like the fight. I don't like Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. But if you're going to give us that, I, I like the fact that you're giving us at least. One real fighter, one champion on the card. For sure. For sure. I, um, I've i noticed with these fight, fights of the night, I'm a numbers guy. You know, I'm patterns and statistics and you see the matrix and the numbers are falling out of my ears and stuff. Um, but I have noticed a way to pick these great fights. What fight's going to be really good. Um, if the over-under, the under has minus money so if it's favored to go under and then it's not a huge disparity between the two fighters so you look for a close betting fight where the under pays 
or where the under is, uh, yeah, yeah. So you're good. You know, it looks like you're going to get a knockout and a close fight could be either guy. Right. Um, that said, Mansoor Elsev and Yasko Stoichev, these guys both have the uh, potential to be somebody we're talking about in short order. They are both 13 and 0. They have 20 knockouts between them, and that one's going to be a barn burner. Two o'clock, ESPN plus Mansoor Elsev versus Yasko Stoichev. Tune in for that one. That's my fight of the night. I know it's a little outlandish. Some guys you've never heard of, but both 13 and 0. Somebody's getting stopped and they haven't seen anything the likes of one another before. It's going to be fun. Damn, Jared. Uh, today it was my college football day. College football starting. But a midday fight that they, they, you're endorsing like this, I'm going to have to take a look. Tune in. Yeah. All right. But we're going to end the show like we have been. Pass well. Scrub Strap Spotlight. Special guest. Here's a sneak peek. He's probably had the most nicknames too. Vader, X Factor, Voice, Record Ball. <laughs> this is our undefeated, or not undefeated, but undisputed, excuse me, heavyweight champion of Scrub Scraps after that uh, last fight with Pat. Um, and since Dub Dub retired, honorable mention. <laughs> yeah, Dub Dub. That beast. Billy Williams. Yeah. Um, so so t- tell me a little bit about uh, uh, how your experience in Scrub Scraps has has affected you. Like, how, what, are, what are some of the parts you remember? Uh, for me, it was more the mental game, preparing all your mentals, getting your mind right. You know, it's not it's not street fighting and it's not messing around with your friends. It's, it's something that a lot of us took seriously. And built, we built character out of it. You know, it, it definitely strengthened some of our, you know, fighting skills. And it just, you know, when we got together, we wanted to impress each other. We wanted to do our best, you know, get that energy out. And it definitely elevated some of our games as far as, you know, 
practicing and learning new boxing skills and just overall preparation and stuff because you're going against some guys that at least for me were a lot bigger taller you know i think the only thing that saved me is i'm, I'm a big boy but i'm fast yeah that uh honestly i love that i was saying last week we had charles on uh your old roommate and i was saying how you guys walked up to me at the bar and and you were you were like i want to just fight your biggest and best guys i don't care if i go oh and ten i just want i want to test myself you know and i and i looked at you and i remember saying this is the first time we ever met i believe you i've heard that a thousand times and it's always bullshit. almost always to the person and all of a sudden because Cause you know who was fighting those. I have a personal, personal kind of little, like a, like an extra love for you that I don't think a lot of other people could understand because those guys that were bigger than you, those powerhouses, you know, who was fighting them before you got there. Is you know, who the, ah, you know, who the, you know, who the AJ Pruse fought to fell to before the Jordan Clarks who they fell to before there was Dom kicking around, you know, that was me. Yep. So um, uh, um, I had said Pitbull before, you know, I felt like I had this big guy show up and oh, I'll fight anybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nah, you know, it kind of gave me that. So so that that's a beautiful thing. One of the parts I remember um, most specifically in one of your fights against a guy named Mark um, with the red shirt there, we showed a few highlights. But uh, after a break, you both stopped and backed up and he threw a right hand. It's it's the most visibly rocked I've ever seen you. You were you found had to find your feet a little bit, did that little Frankenstein dance. Uh, Brett made sure you are right and let you back in there. But I said last week about uh, a fight that was coming up, not minding watching a guy get hurt. And that's not like really in my character to want to see somebody, but man, when he hit you after an obvious break and then rocked you, and I'm like, is he all right? I, uh, it ran through me. I hope we don't have to stop this fight because I want to watch Dom kick this kid's ass. <laughs> <laughs> and anybody that knows me knows Scrub Scraps is like not about that anymore. In 04, when we started, yeah, I want to see everybody kick everybody's ass. Let's find out who the tough guys are. Yep. But uh, at that point, it had grown and established to a thing to where it took that to make me. Do you remember that punch? I remember that punch in, in that highlight yeah. reel. In that highlight reel, you can see he almost he tried to do it again. And I had my hand waiting for him and I knocked it out of the air. I think you had said something to me in my corner, you know, made sure, make sure I was all right. And be like, protect yourselves at all times. Yeah. yeah you keep your eyes open. You know, mm -hmm. you know, some of these punches come out of nowhere and you got to me there and that's part of the mental game. It's like, Oh, okay. You, you gotta keep your eyes open, be aware of all times. So mm. that's, that's something I, that I took away and I, I love it. It's brotherly love. It was never vicious, you know, hugs and love afterwards, you know, beers. It was, it was a good time. Dom, you're talking a lot about the mental game, but I mean, in a lot of those highlights, that was a lot of, there were a lot of brawls, a lot of rock'em sock'em robots. How do you stay mentally attuned when you're in there, when you're fighting in a phone booth? Yeah, you got to practice those. You, you, that's, you know, hitting the punching bag, you, you train those and you keep your eyes up. 
You don't close your eyes. You don't you don't dip your head to where you can't see your opponent. You have to watch where his punches are coming from and just not be there anymore. And then keep those keep your hands going. And uh, yeah, I practice that a lot. Just that that berserker mode type fury, that game that that was part of my game. And I loved it. Overwhelming people. See now you saw do you see, you, see, you when you're describing it it's funny how most of the things you say can be applied to life you know stay focused and keep your head up and all of those things what are uh, what are some of the spe- uh, specific characteristics that you uh, apply to your life outside of the ring that maybe you developed inside the ring at Scrub Scrubs? Um yeah that's a funny question because and and I didn't even learn these things in the ring it was uh, cornering some of the other fighters that maybe didn't have any other people there to, to uh, you know, be in their corner and coach them up. Just me jumping in and kind of getting in their ear and, and coaching them up. It, it, it taught me something about myself and, you know, caring about other people and just, you know, sharing some of the experiences that I have, some of the skills that I have, just, just sharing it with somebody who could possibly be my opponent next week. You know, hmm. and, and, it, and it was something like that where I'm like, wow, like we can we can be fighting and throwing fists at each other. But at the same time, just share absolute love. It was amazing to me. And I, I, that's what I apply outside of the ring. It's like you can be in competition, but also have positivity to it. Hmm. We're all in it together, even when we even when we're strategically set up against it. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, steel, steel sharpens steel. You know, steel sharpens steel. So, you know, I'd rather have uh, share these conversations with, with competitors, dudes that I know that are going to make me stronger. And I, that's what I, I took away from it. That's great. Dom, what brought you to Scrub Scraps in the first place? <laughs> uh, a couple beers and uh, a chance meeting at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was just talking about that night uh, to one of my friends and I was like, Jared probably has millions of dudes coming up to him asking a fight. And I'm like, let me let me see what he says. You know, we, we started the conversation and I'm like, he's not going to believe me. And I'm like, I'll show him. I'll show him tomorrow. You know, and I showed up and I gave it my all, you know. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to the opportunity. You know, I think you started one and three and might be six and three now. But it's evidence of the growth process and that you that that was real. When you said, I really want to fight your toughest guys, you never made me feel bad. You never, ever, ever, ever made me feel bad. Like I was sifting a bigger guy onto you, that I was hiding behind you, that 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 was the first line of defense. I never felt like I was rolling you under the bus. You yeah. asked me for it. You said you wanted it. And whatever that layer of defense was for me, that's that's just mutual love and respect, my brother. <laughs> yeah, I think I think after every every fight, no matter how big the guy was, you saw me walking out of there with a smile. And, and then I saw a smile on your face thinking, all right, who can I set him up with next? <laughs> <laughs> you yes, know, I was for the challenge. The challenge was there and, you know, I wanted it. Ah, beautiful. Dom, what's the biggest difference between Dom before Scrub Scraps and Dom after Scrub Scraps? Oh, wow. Uh, Biggest change is, I would say, I don't don't underestimate people. Uh, One one of my losses to Brett, you know, I thought I was going to 
Mack trucked that dude. And his skill and his his uh, fighting uh, IQ impressed me. And it, it that was another lesson that I had to learn, that it, I couldn't overwhelm just everybody, especially uh, somebody like Brett, where his skill was, was better than mine, and he was able to evade some of the things that I was trying to do. So I think that uh, that that's probably like the best thing I did learn is don't don't underestimate people. Take in the data and take the fight as you go. Can't have a game plan. Those those game plans always get tossed out the window as soon as uh, that bell rings. Everybody's got a plan until they get punted in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. Tom, <laughs> what what is the most memorable fight? that you had the one that uh, sticks out in your head the most man all of them and were pretty awesome. uh the first one the first one just because the, the size of the guy and uh i was still smoking cigarettes back then you know i was in shape but i was smoking cigarettes so i was like all right i gotta end this fight now like <laughs> first round i gotta end this now because i was gassing by the end of the fight man i, I was ready to puke Who you know, was I ended up eating, um well uh, that uh Redwood, what's his name? No, TJ's uh, my cousin. That wasn't your first fight. I'd have to look that up. I'm was, sorry. Go on. It was the uh, it was the last one on the clip. I was wearing white white shorts. It was at that the the old house in the. That wasn't your first fight. Yeah, yeah, that was the first one. Was TJ my cousin? TJ six six. Yeah, so- Tall dude. Yep. That was my first fight. And I was, I was, I I got there and I'll tell you, like, I was ready to drive right back out of the parking lot as soon as I saw him warming up. But, you know, everybody pushed me back in there and said, you know, just do it. The worst thing that can happen, you're, you're wearing headgear. Worst thing that can happen, you go night night for a little bit, but. Wow. That was my first fight. And after that, I, I quit smoking cigarettes and I took training seriously. So that was the biggest change in my life. So that's got to be like probably the most memorable fight. And you saw the clip, Jace. That kid was six, seven. That's my cousin, six, seven, three and a quarter, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you can see me ducking in that video trying to keep my head. Yeah. Oh, that. Now, Dom, someone who is – if someone was trying to get into Scrub Straps now when it gets up and going, what would you tell them to prepare them for what Scrub Straps is? Uh, listen, everybody is giving advice. Everybody is trying to help you out and guide you. So just listen. You know, you could be nervous and you could be this and that, but keep your ears open and listen to the advice coming from your corner, you know, from everybody around you because everybody there – is is looking for a good fight but they don't want anybody to get hurt and uh they want to see you succeed and to you you grow as a person even if you lose you still grow you learn you learn something new so just listen beautifully mm. said brother uh, i think that's gonna do it for the show dom i thank you very much for coming on it was fun talking to you. Fun making that video, I will say that. <laughs> oh, I appreciate the video. It was nice. I love it. Uh, uh, that was awesome. But uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope to get you on some other time. But that's going to do it for Throwing Jabs. For myself, Big Jace, Jared Jones, and our guest, Dom. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Enjoy tonight's fight. 
and then go ahead. If you got some free time, watch Paul and Woodley. But enjoy tonight's fight, and we'll see you next week to talk more combat sports. So take care. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest. Top three corner man, punching in with a punch of chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter. Punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bring in crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats, relax if you want the facts. Cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia